Welcome to The Laneway, where we delve into all things health, fitness, lifestyle, and sustainable fat loss. But coming at you with an unbiased, educational, and hopefully entertaining approach. Welcome to the first episode for 2024. We are lucky enough to be joined by Coach Aaron and Coach Lani. They're going to share with us what it's like to jump out of an aeroplane, what it's like to go into a designer jewelry store, and what it's like to have one more, then no more, then one more, then no more, then one more, then no more. May have had some first night fever. We're also going to hear about a calorie surplus and how your dream physique may or may not be on the other side of a surplus. And we are live. We're live. It's been a while. How, how many? What did you say? It's been what? I said it's been a while. Oh. I'm a bit crackly today, a bit croaky. <clears throat> how come, darling? We may or may not have had a big night last night. One more than no more. I think it was like. Lots more than one, no more, lots more than no more. How far do you reckon we can make it through this podcast before people realise we're not alone? Uh, I feel like we'll be, they know now. I feel like they know now. Hi guys. Hello. You. <laughs> Special <laughs> guest, who have we got? Do we introduce ourselves? I think so. Oh, okay. This is a, not, a like not an A-grade podcast. So <laughs> this is. We're just going to wing it. This is like the most relaxed podcast ever. Coach Aaron and Coach Lani. You. You. Now, last time we had you guys on, we were talking about your surplus, which I think we're on the other side of now, yeah? We are well and truly on the other side. Well, I sorry, I'm well and truly on the other side and of it. I am not. Oh, shit. No, I am back into one. Wow. All right. Let's talk about, if you guys are cool, let's do like a part two for the people that listen to part one. Let's fill in what happened, maybe where we left off and how your surplus went, how your fat loss phase went, what you gained from it, what you liked, what you didn't like, and maybe why you've chosen to do whatever you're doing now. Well, hang on. Sorry. Before we do that, yeah. oh, I thought we were going to like talk about all of our fun shenanigans over the last week or we, we do that later. We can do that. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd liked your suggestion. I think they did. Before we go into like the hard stuff, like talking about surpluses, I just think we should, you know, re-intro what's happened over the last... It's been a week. Week. Let's hear it. Well, the girls arrived on what day? Tuesday. Tuesday. <clears throat> Tuesday they flew in. And it's we, now Sunday. It is now Sunday. We had a nice, easy, relaxing week planned for them. <laughs> nothing too very. stressful, nothing too outside your comfort zone, just a nice, cool, easy... calm and collected. ...relaxing week, yeah? <laughs> and how did it feel? The Not complete like that. opposite. <laughs> 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 it's been a wild week. What happened, ladies? What happened this week? What didn't happen? <laughs> uh, we have had one more, no more, too many times. First night fever was at the very beginning. Yeah, first night fever hit us all. We were thrown out of a plane. We have travelled around the entire Gold Coast <laughs> and Brisbane and Sunny Coast. Uh, we have been lavishly gifted with a trip to Cartier. We have had a TWA event and met so many awesome chicks. And now we're doing a hungover podcast. <laughs> How good? Does it get any better? No. I feel like that was the best recap. That was such a good recap. <laughs> yeah. After hearing that, I'm like, you're right. Let's put this surplus shit off. I want to hear about the week now. <laughs> yeah. that, sounds, that sounds mad. I want to hear about the skydiving. Let's hear about that. So we didn't know anything about the skydiving. We had been teased for a very long time that we have something coming up and every time we sort of said thanks to you guys or something like that, you're like, oh, just wait until the week before you say thank you. You won't be thanking us after that. So we knew it was something big, but our wires got crossed and they said it's something that we haven't done and Lani's done it before, so... Yeah. She That's kind of ruled that out 
And I also thought that I read somewhere that Lani said, there's no way I'm jumping out of a plane. I'm not doing it. And she said, no, I'm not bungee jumping. That's what I'm not doing. And so it really kind of threw us off and we drove for hours and we drove for hours and we went past a few airports and we went past Australia Zoo and we went past all probably the nice things that we could have done. Erin was very excited to be holding a koala. <laughs> she was. I was going to – I would have patted a crocodile but <laughs> uh, – so we sort of got closer and I got onto the map and I'm zooming out and I'm like, what is there? And Brad said, oh, we've driven past a lot of airports to get to here. Like, what makes you think it's that? And I said, oh, you know, it might have been the cheapest one around or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, oh, is it Caloundra? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm not from Queensland. Uh, so, we pulled in Caloundra Airstrip. You can see it on the map. There's a T intersection. You can't go any further. It had to be something in there. I saw a sign that said heli something. I don't even remember what it was. I actually don't think it was helicopter flights, but it had said, said heli something. And so I hung all my hopes on the fact it was a scenic helicopter flight. <laughs> and at the other side of the car was skydive, sunny coast or whatever it is. And my stomach sank. I thought, oh God, we really are. And I thought, oh good, Lani said she's not doing it either. So she's out. And then she goes, no, 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 I've done it before. And I thought, oh. And I was like, yes, oh, no. this is the best. <laughs> so that's literally, as we pulled up, my hands are shaking now thinking about getting to that airstrip. And that is when we found out we were jumping out of a plane, like five minutes before we signed on the dotted line. So, yeah, that was the first part of the day and that was arriving there. The next part was trying to get Erin out of the car <laughs> to actually walk inside. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have done it before and even I was terrified again thinking about that feeling of getting thrown out of a plane. Um, but yeah, Ash and Brad went first because the plane was literally a tin can. That was big enough for five people. I think we thought we were all going to go up to. Oh, yeah. well, I didn't think anything because I didn't know anything. But I think you guys thought that all four of us would go up together and. Yeah. That's what we thought. <coughs> yeah. Jump out. So. Yeah. Because that's how it was last time. Last time we went, it was. I think there was six of us. Yeah. That's how in a plane. Yeah. There was four like jumpers and four parachute guys. Yeah. When we did it and it had seats. Yeah. To actually sit on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not like this, this one. We literally sat on the floor, like on a, a like a little mattress, like yeah. a yoga mat. Yeah, they had drilled a yoga mat to the floor, and there was a loose screw in the bottom of the plane that I had noticed. We went up on different flights, and I got down. and I said, I pointed to a loose screw to Lani, and Ash goes, "I saw that." I was like, "Why didn't you kick it out?" So I didn't see it. <laughs> Bit like when we're that high up in the sky, and Erin's like, "Oh." There is a screw loose. <laughs> no, I that's like, a perfect time because I'm like, let's go. Let's jump out of this thing. It's falling apart anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like at that point it was safer to be out of the plane than in than the in plane. <laughs> when that door opened, I'm like, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> and it was so bumpy getting up, like t- the turbulence or the wind or whatever, and it was just shaking. And The weather changed a fair bit from when – so Ash and Brad went first – and then they came back and the pilot decided to refuel. I don't know. They, maybe it could have been organised a bit better that all four of us were together and Ash and Brad were waiting at the beach for us. Yep. But he decided to refuel in between our trips. And um, so I'm picturing Ash and Brad waiting on the beach thinking, they're not coming. Erin's in the fetal position on the tarmac. Lani's like trying to drag her to the plane and she's refusing. So, yeah, it took a long time in between. And in that time, the weather changed like yeah, it started spitting and yeah, and the wind picked windy. up a bit. So I was sure that someone was going to pull the pin on our, <laughs> on our trip. <laughs> You're like, today I'm going to get lucky and it's not going to be me who's pulling out. It's going to be the aeroplane, the pilot's going to be like, no, nah, we can't go up. Yeah. Um, the pilot said he never pulls out. Is that what he said? I think it's a pilot thing. It's a pilot thing. <laughs> but then sure as shit, you came. We ended up – I was – I realised I was probably high enough that you would be able to hear me scream. So I threw my arms out and I'm like, I did it. <laughs> screaming down to you guys. And I can see you with your arms in the air waving. And then Lani was not far behind me. So cool. 
It was such a cool experience. It was really different to the last experience that we had in that you, we got out in a cloud and that is just such a unique feeling. You're like in a cloud, you can't see anything. <laughs> You're like, how does he know which way to go? I was. I was <laughs> like, like the I whole time I'm trying to breathe, like free falling and I'm just thinking, how does he know where we're going? Down. Uh, yeah. Down. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> can't really go any other direction. Yes. <laughs> like what's happening when we were waiting for you guys on the ground I said to the the person the grounds person I was like um like I could hear a plane and I was like is that them and he's like yep and then I was like so which way are they and he just points straight up and I'm like (laughs) I'm like awesome (laughs) like I want to see them pop out of a cloud like which way do I look anyway up (laughs) Up, apparently (laughs) yeah so on the way down Ash is thinking how does my tandem jumper (laughs) know where to go and on the way down I'm thinking a plane's just gonna come out of nowhere and just (laughs) wipe us out (laughs) tap into us like yeah well while we were waiting for you guys we're on the beach and a seaplane flew across like where you come down right yep like they must have been doing maybe a scenic flight or something so they weren't that was a good idea maybe we should have done something (laughs) like that did not look like a sea or airworthy Vessel. Thing. It was. Not, it did not look nice. So our plane was better. Our yeah. plane, and that's saying something. Because <laughs> ours was a fucking Coke Zero can. It was horse shit. It was Absolutely. ridiculous. It was, yeah. it was the first plane ever made. Yeah. Like, and it was. I could not believe how tiny it was. Literally, there's room for four people, and then a a, a pile. I was about to say a pirate. A pirate. <laughs> a pirate. A pirate. And that's with you sitting in between old mate's legs. Yeah. 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 So realistically, it's not even made for four people. Yeah. We were like very close. It's like a yeah. two seater. Yeah. It's really. a two seater, and you put your bag at the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we were facing backwards, which was also weird. Like, as we're going on the runway, you're not looking forwards, you're looking out the back window. And, and I the, was like, the back window was like that plastic that's a million years old, so you can't even see out of it yeah. with all the scratches and yeah. <laughs> like fuzzy plastic. It was so good. It was. B- it was mad. And then when, when Aaron landed, we're like, oh, my God, you just jumped out of a plane. I just jumped out of a plane. How good. And would you do it again? Yeah. Yeah. I would do it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the crowd at home like it. So you would do it again? I would do it again. Someone yeah. said to me when you got down, if they said, all right, let's load the plane and go and do it again, would you do it again straight away? And because it was spitting and someone said, I think – Dino said up in the clouds, it's probably still ice up there. Lani and I got peppered on the way, like until we got underneath the cloud cover and they pulled the chute, we were being peppered with these little tiny rain or ice drops. Like it felt like little pins. Little pin pricks. Pricking. Yeah. (laughs) And that was my, because my first time that I jumped, it was a clear day as well. So it was very different in that regard, like you said, with the clouds. Um, But to start with, I was trying to, get my brain to work out what that what was hitting stinging you. Yeah. was yeah like what it was, was it was stinging yeah, yeah exactly yeah so someone said oh would you have gone straight I said not that day no, I'm, no. <laughs> I'd be keen to do it on a sunny, sunny day. day but it was so cool to do to start in a cloud yeah and then drop yeah. and then be underneath and yeah so it was re- yeah it was pretty cool and they were a bit faster like Aaron's one, Aaron's dude was going actually quite quick and we couldn't see at that point who it was, if it was Aaron or Lani and Brad and I were like, gee, I hope that's Aaron. Like just the evil in us come doing out, some, you know. Doing some barrels with yeah. the yeah. shoot. So we waited probably about an oh, an hour, maybe 40 minutes to an hour. I reckon it would have been an hour easily because we were sitting there waiting like after you guys left. Yeah. We were in there for it easy like an hour. A, well, Honestly, I was scared shitless. So it could have been five minutes and felt like four days. But we yeah. didn't have phones or watches. So we we're like, we have no idea what the time is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We were like that too. We're just sitting on the beach, just going, gee, I hope they come. Like, <laughs> I, I really hope they arrive. We're on Do the we beach. Wait? Do we yeah. Wait? Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. And then we get in the bus and we're like, well, girls, that's part one. And. Did you guys freak out at maybe part two? Or were you just like, oh, nothing can be worse than skydiving well I loved it so I didn't think it was bad at all (laughs) scary shit but yeah I feel like the vibe that I got from both of you was once you get through part one like part two's karma 
you basically said to us, part two is the total opposite to part one. Yeah. And so I thought, well, <laughs> the total opposite to that, surely it's got to be <laughs> way better less. than being thrown out of a plane. <laughs> so yeah, I was scary. Yeah. Yeah. But so, thrown, like just the cogs turning and trying to figure out what it was because you had cryptic clues for the week for us and yeah. cryptic clues that were trying to throw us in the wrong Oh, I almost got to – well, I did. I got to tattoo. Yeah. I thought, okay. So, I messaged my husband. I was like, hey, where are you at if I come home with a tattoo as a clean skin? I've got nothing else on. It's like, you're good with this? Like, where are we at? What did he so, say? That's upsetting. <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> Poor Jake. Jake is just like, you know, you've thrown my wife out of a plane. You didn't even ask for my permission. <laughs> like, what else are you going to do? You know, yeah. poor guy. No, the most easygoing guy ever. <laughs> so Brad takes off, drives to Brisbane. Took a while actually, over an hour I think. And then we find a car spot and Brad's leading the way, walking, because like we've got two minutes to our appointment. And I actually stepped back and videoed, but I watched you go to walk past the door that we were going to enter. And I remember... <laughs> looking at Erin, Erin's kind of like... Oh, like pe- uh, people can't see that. What? <laughs> Your eyeballs? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> she looks up. She looks up. And I don't know if it registered straight away. And then Lani just is like, get fucked. <laughs> And then Brad walks in. You can see it in your video too. If you're watching Lani's mouth, you can tell exactly what she's Yeah, Brad was trying to be sneaky and like walk past the door and then at the last minute did like a U-bolt into the door and I was like, no fucking way. (laughs) As if. Well, I nearly took off. I saw the lights in front of us go green and I was like, oh, okay, we've got to get get across the road. (laughs) Yeah. So they open the door and then we walk on in and I I feel like it was just it was immediate shock. I felt like are we in the wrong spot? Like are we meant to be in here? Have we come to the wrong place? (laughs) Do you guys know what you're doing? And then we had organized this awesome guy, Christopher, the second Christopher for the day. Or the third, I think. You had a Christopher. Yes. 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 And yeah, Christopher came out and Pardon the pun. (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah we surprised the girls with cartier rings for their like long service with us their amazingness and it was so cool it was so bloody cool long service comes early with twa (laughs) (laughs) how good i know i know we really wanted to show how much we appreciate them didn't we yeah i think you summed it up pretty good in the car and you said that both of us come from you know, an employee background <clears throat> where we never really felt appreciated, we never felt valued. Not only did none of our, like, say, bosses go out of their way to tell us that they appreciate what we did, but if anything, they probably nearly lent the other way, like you're lucky to have a job, nearly sort of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we try and let the girls know as often as we can how much we appreciate them and how good of a job they do and all that stuff. But, you know, like I think it's like that's it takes seven ne- positives to offset one negative. Like I feel like we can give you so many compliments and say so many things, but only a certain amount of it actually comes through like t- and lands, if that makes sense. Whereas doing something for you guys so fucking incredible, I feel like helps sometimes show – actually what you guys mean to us and the job that you do the work the amount of energy that you put into it and how we are part of a family so I feel like that probably some people might be listening like oh my god you know but what could justify that and I feel like if you're thinking that way that is exactly you are right like oh my god what the fuck could possibly justify a Cartier ring what you think they've done to earn that is exactly what they've done. That is what – the Train With Ash would not be what it is without the girls doing what they've done and playing the role that they play. And I know you don't have to have gifts to show what how much we appreciate you guys, but I just feel like it really 
we have been through some challenging times, especially over the past 12 months and all that sort of stuff. And every time you guys are always there, it doesn't matter what time of day, what time of night, you guys will drop everything. You guys have got your whole lives going on outside of Train With Ash, but you will still do anything, anywhere, anytime for us, but also for like the whole TWA family. So we really wanted to do something extremely special other than throwing you out of a plane that you would remember for the rest of your life and also hopefully see how much we appreciate you guys. And I understand where you guys are coming from with that and wanting to do a big gesture and make sure that we really know, but we could have not had this week and I still would have felt not the same way that you felt in your past workplaces. Like I still, a week ago, I felt valued, I felt appreciated, I felt like I mattered within the team I felt all those things a week ago, but it's just, yeah, amazing. And we're so grateful that you did want to do that for us. Totally wasn't necessary, but what a week we've had. And And yeah, yeah. we are definitely grateful. So thank you. (laughs) And working, not working side by side, there is that connection element that when, especially when you guys are traveling, like it's, it's much harder for Lani and I to say, oh, let's fly and meet these guys for a few days or for a week or whatever. Yeah. Um, so having the week, even if we just had the week together in this Airbnb, just being face-to-face, chatting, all that sort of stuff would have been amazing on its own. But, yeah, we both of us were just blown away and super grateful and can't believe this is our life. So we're all very lucky. We are we're all, all very, very lucky. lucky. Yep. Yeah. Now we had an event yesterday. And it was sick. It yeah. was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> so much fun. I was a bit nervous about the whole event thing. Like you just don't know when you haven't held a proper event how it's going to pan out. You have like – I always get like a little bit of a vision in my head that this will go like this and this will go like this and sometimes that doesn't eventuate. So I was excited but I was also like a little bit nervous about, okay, is this all going to come together? And it really did. Mm. It really did. So um, – we had 30 people come to – we hired a gym at Burley and we um, started with like just a bit of an introduction. There was quite a few people that showed up yesterday by themselves, which was a huge effort. And I think if you're by yourself, you don't know anyone, you're a part of an online program, it's really hard to have an actual connection for a lot of people. And there was ladies that were so scared, like crying before they arrived and they still came anyway. And I just think that is the best. Didn't someone say they were <clears throat> parked around the corner and yeah. had a quick cry and then yeah. came? And she stepped out of her comfort zone multiple times that day. Not only did she walk through that door, not only did she participate in our t- Technique Saturday. The, the <laughs> girls loved that. I really feel like they got so much value from that. Yeah. And they <clears throat> like they all gave it a go and tried and... Yeah. No one stood back. It felt like a like, safe space. Yeah. 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 Which I totally agree with you. They were really engaged with it. They were really listening. They had a go. Um, it was feedback. Yeah. Made the little tweaks to, you know, improve form. Yeah. And that's only going to carry over into their training, which yeah. is so good. So, yeah, so we got to like introduce one another and have a bit of a chat and then we got to do our technique part, which was epic um and mobility then as well mobility yep brad took everyone through mobility which is crazy when you do it in person because you realize how much harder you need to push as opposed to if you do it by yourself you just kind of like stretch a little bit and it's probably not getting into where it's supposed to um so that was really good and then we did uh nicola lay's breath work which was insane I think it was just so good for the girls like it can be a really heavy emotional thing doing breath work sometimes people cry sometimes people get angry sometimes people just are peaceful sometimes people want to have a nap um but it was just so powerful Nicola Lay has just got a gift like not no none other you could she listen was, to her voice for a long time like oh, yeah, she's right. just got one of those voices you she's can, made for that job so made for that job and I just think that that was really really powerful for the girls I think that there was a lot of value in in that part so that was about an hour actually I think sorry I think breath work is one of those things that no one 
things they need. Mm. So we had Nicola in our last intake as a guest expert and I feel like people kind of could fob it off and think, I don't need that, you know, whereas another guest expert might be about menopause, perimenopause. And so chicks might be like, oh, yeah, that's something that I, I'm interested in or I need, I might need to know. Whereas breath work, I feel like it's easy to be like, I know how to breathe. And I think a lot of people don't actually know what it is. What it is, yeah. I think that too. So I think that was awesome. She was the perfect fit to have like such a good experience not knowing what to expect and then just toe dipping into the breath work stuff. It can be so powerful. And it was wild to see how emotional so many people got as well. Yeah, I was one of them. I was howling like a baby. Um, She actually, she said she's giving a free, um, like a little taster for everybody that came yesterday so I'm going to organize that for everyone but for anyone else that's listening that hasn't really had a look at what breath work is or what it could do for you go and have a look at her Instagram it's Nicola underscore lay l-a-y-e she does have lots of free stuff on there so I think it's super worthwhile just to toe dip and have a little bit of a look it's one of those things that you're like oh I don't know like what you just said babe like I don't know if it's for me but the it's other good. thing too, like you've done it a couple of times and it sounds like the skydiving experience. You can have two totally different experiences mm. even if you have done it before or if you've done it with someone else and thought not quite my thing or it can be something that is you don't have the same response or you don't have the same feelings every time. So yeah. She did actually say that yesterday. She said every time you do breath work, something different happens. You get a different response and she said the length of you – the length that you do the actual session dictates what response you get as well. So she was like, we really only kind of scraped the surface yesterday, uh, which was probably perfect for that setting. Like, I don't think I could have cried anymore. I wouldn't have gone out <laughs> afterwards. I would have been like a fish, a puffy eye fish or something. Um, but yeah, it was it was epic. It was so good. And she even put us through like a little, um, what would you call that? initial thing that we did like a bonding connecting. yeah it was so uncomfortable it that was, was the most uncomfortable. uncomfortable it was really uncomfortable but super comfortable at the same actually, time actually do you know what I feel the same because at one point you had to stare at your partner in the or not stare you were allowed to blink but you had to really look at your partner in the eye that you were paired with and not look away, she said that. And so we're sitting facing each other with our eyes shut. But this is also people that we don't actually know. Yeah, you yeah. had to find someone in the room that you hadn't met or didn't know very well, which was most of the room. Um, and so we've got our eyes shut and she's saying, right, next we're going to ask you to open your eyes and look in each other's eyes. Don't look away. Your, your response is going to be that you want to look away. So we knew that it was coming when we opened our eyes. And so you're kind of sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't, can't remember the last time I stared into someone's eyes for so long. But it was the same. I sort of thought, oh, wait a minute. Like, yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. I didn't look away. And you kind of fell into it a bit. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's hard to describe, but it sounds – I think it comes across way harder than it actually was. Yeah. It's a bit of uncomfortable, but yeah, I agree it's with you. Weird. It's yeah. weird, yeah. <laughs> actually, how did you go? Yeah, it's exactly what you guys just said. I felt I had the exact same experience. Like very uncomfortable, but at the same time, I feel like I could feel love and energy coming yeah. out. Yeah. So like, com- like comfortable. Safe space type. Safe yeah. yeah, uncomfortable but safe, yeah. She yeah. did say that most people would not have even ever done that with their partner. Mm. Like I feel like I could stare at your eyes for hours and it, like I'm no, not uncomfortable. you too. <laughs> Should we go? <laughs> well, someone's got to hold the camera. So. <laughs> I do though. Like I don't feel like it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Sometimes I'm looking at you and Brad's like he doesn't notice and he's like, like why are you staring at me? I'm like I'm not staring at you but. Anyway, it was yeah, it was epic. It was so good. Then we got to eat. We had some food. 
I don't know what it is about events, but no one eats. I'm like, eat. I, ate. I, was I was so starving. I, ate. <laughs> I was so hungry. There was lollies on that board. Did you see those? Yeah, yeah, I had one. I had one, and then I think I gave. It wasn't the flavor I was expecting. You know, when you're expecting something, and it was like, I was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. Um, and then, then we went out. We went out and had drinks. And how many drinks did we have? One more than no more. One more than no more. I have no idea. I have. I definitely lost count. You said one more than no more before the sun went down and there was still one more than no more for a long time after it went down. I think that was probably about 10, one more than no more. <laughs> it was. And so many people stayed and hung out. We were we arrived there at 3.30. We didn't leave till 10. And it was just, it was a vibe. It was so fun. Mm. It was really cool to meet people and mingle on just a friendship level. Yeah. You know, like not talking about like work or training or yeah, you know, calories or any of that. Just friends. Yep. And it was cool. It was the TWA crew are just automatic friends. It's like there used to be a meme that was like, oh, you know, like you do that at the gym, I do that at the gym. Now we're best friends. Yeah. You know, like that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. Like just immediate connection. It was really really cool. And the girls are a vibe. They are. They're all just our people. It is so true. It still shocks me. I'm like, I don't know how that happens, but it just does. You know, they say like your vibe attracts you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's partially that. I don't know if it's some of the energy from the group spills over onto other people and it sort of brings them up a bit with that. I feel like that's true. Like if someone's maybe feeling like yesterday, the girls that were super nervous and stuff, once everyone started talking and like that energy transferred to those girls that were still like really nervous about being in a space with all these people that they've never met. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like that's true. Yeah, I totally agree. The, and you know what? The two girls that were probably the most uncomfortable out of the whole entire group, they did everything yesterday and then they still – we were like, all right, cool, we're leaving, we're going to go – into Burley, we'll have a couple of drinks together and both of those girls came yeah. and they were there by themselves, by themselves in the car. They had every opportunity to smoke bomb and leave us, you know, Yeah. but they still came along and I'm like, that is so powerful. Like there is something in being so scared and just doing it anyway. They would have gone home last night on a high. Yeah. You know? And just been like, I'm so glad I went. Exactly. And a lot of those ladies have had to be uncomfortable a lot of times. They would have been uncomfortable to book their flight. They would have been uncomfortable. Like everything that they did that made it real and mm. locked it in yeah. and put skin in the game, like deposit for the flight or paying for the flights and deposit for the accommodation and that sort of stuff. They've been fighting that and going past it and showing themselves, all right, we've done the next hard thing. Let's do the next hard thing. And I think that – has come from TWA. Like, you know, I couldn't squat before. I squatted with a broomstick and now I've got a barbell on my back. Like, yeah, we can do hard things. And I do love that moving to lifting and following a program and even the ticks show people like, you know, I wasn't getting my ticks this week and then I learned some things for protein and getting my ticks. Like the whole thing transfers into your life in other ways and gets you out of your comfort zone and, um, yeah, it gets you to events and meeting people and it's awesome. And growth, overall growth. It's yep. just so good. Because it's all mindset, right? Everything's Every single part of the whole journey is so mental and you just don't realise how much of it is mental and each time you take just your big toe, well, depending which toe's longer, <laughs> whichever toe's just goes which over. Which one is that, Erin? <laughs> My second, third and maybe fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, whichever toes longer crosses that line just into that uncomfortableness and then before you know it, that becomes comfortable and then you do it again and you do it again. And then it just becomes routine. Progressive overload your discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I totally agree. The hardest it will ever be is right at the start. Like the day one, it's never getting harder. It'll only get easier. The first time you try and get protein and realise, holy shit, I normally eat 60 grams of protein. 130 is a lot of protein. The first time you try and get your weekly calories and you're like, oh, my God, I, I went bananas last night. Today I have to have less calories to try and offset it. The first time you 
sit out the front of the gym and don't feel like going in, but you go in anyway. Each time you go through these things, it gets easier and easier. Yes, in the gym, the weight, you you know, you progressively overload and that's always going to be challenging, but everything else, the hardest it will be is right at the start. And as soon as you get past that, it only gets easier from there. Totally agree. Killed it. Do you want to talk about the surplus now? I'm keen. I'm so keen to hear about this. I still haven't technically heard the ins and the outs of how it went because we follow from the sidelines and behind the scenes and try and get a bit involved like, oh, how did this go? How did that go? Um, The first thing I noticed when we saw Erin is she 100% has grown muscle mass during the process like it was very I was like do you get a spray tan bro I'm like you're fucking jacked and tan what's going on over here um so do you want to start do you want to talk us through like a quick recap on your surplus a quick recap on why you decided to do it a quick recap on how you fucked it up and then (laughs) and then what you got from it and where you're at and all that stuff everything is content um yeah so I was I was trying to remember, but I think it was January last year when we caught up and my surplus went until the first weekend in May. So I was maybe not even halfway into it when we chatted and I'd already sort of noticed the softness appearing and the body fat going up a little bit. Did you feel fluffy? I felt fluffy. (laughs) Fluffy is not a word. (laughs) It's not a thing. It's not a real thing. So, but I was feeling those feelings in January and pushed through till May. So it was six months uh, in a calorie surplus. And a quick recap on why. So uh, genetically, I don't build muscle super easily. And going through a few fat loss phases, I then my goal has changed. I, um, I no longer had a fat loss goal. I knew that I could lose fat. And I wanted to try and move the needle with my muscle growth so that just to pause there because that is such a powerful thing you just said i no longer had a fat loss by accident sometimes (laughs) i no longer had a fat loss goal because i knew i could lose fat yes how does that feel to be able to say that to be able to have the power in your hands to be like i don't care what happens i know how to lose fat so now i'm going to try something different what's it feel like to be able to hold that card yeah it it feels pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'd never sat in the actual sentence before and and really thought about it. Because if you think about, say, someone that is coming through the five-day challenge for the first time ever, if we really drilled down deep into their brain, I feel like if they had one pain point, it would be realistically, I don't really know how to lose fat. Like, yes, I've lost it. I've regained it. Is it low carb? Is it no carb? Is it keto? A lot of chicks really just don't understand how to lose fat and keep it off. Or is it me? Is it me? I'm broken. Yeah. My metabolism. Can I not do it? Maybe this, you know, maybe it's hormones. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. So that confusion and for you to be able to sit there and just say, well, look, I know how to lose fat. So that's no problem. Yeah. Like it's. It's actually amazing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, so I thought I'll, I'll give muscle growth a go. Part of it was the seed was planted by Brad surplus question mark is jump out of a plane question mark. Like I don't take much to, <laughs> for my competitive nature to kick in and, and decide to try something. Uh, and then I thought, well, you know, I've got ladies, I've coached some ladies through, There was one in particular I can remember and she was very lean. She'd done an amazing job with her fat loss phase and she goes, oh, my glutes just aren't where I want them to be. And so I thought, well, it's not super common, but there will be ladies that want that their goal isn't fat loss or they've done a fat loss phase and they're like, yep, feel great now. I want to shift my focus. So I thought this is a great learning opportunity for me as well. So that, that side of it probably helped me stick with it more. Um, to go through the whole process. Uh, During my early reverse diets, I never put on a lot of weight. My first one, I was really stable. My second and third, I think it was a couple of kilograms. It was never a huge amount. And I'm coaching some ladies that we do see the scale increase, but 
you know, body measurements and things stay similar. Like it's looking really good. It's showing muscle growth signs, but because that scale number is going up. So I could get myself into that headspace and be on their side of it properly. Uh, So yeah, that is a semi quick recap of why. So I wanted to try and build some muscle. I wanted to learn something new that I have, I've never done before. Never in my life have I been, let's increase calories and see if we can add some fat. So, so uh, yeah, a couple of reasons for doing it. And I spent six months in a calorie surplus and I only increased my calories for two of those months. Four of those months were sitting at the same calories waiting for the scale to level out. So, so optimal muscle building zone. Yes, for a long time. Um, So I probably hit the increases too hard too soon. I have learnt a lot from doing the process. Uh, And then my reasoning for when I went into my fat loss phase was time of year, wanting to do my fat loss phase over winter and have enough time, quote unquote, to get back to decent calories for Christmas, which – What's the expression if you want? I can't even think of it. But basically, I said my plans out loud, so they didn't eventuate that way. Uh, So dropped into fat loss phase in May, um, used steps this time, which I've never done before as well, to increase my energy output and find that actual deficit for me. Um, I tweaked calories where I needed to, just all the things that I'd learned from going through the process a few times myself and yeah, went from, so my surplus calories were 2,800. So my first drop was 2,300. So I went, my fat loss phase went from 2,300 down to 1,400 calories. And then I started my reverse out about Christmas time or just after Christmas from 1,450 and then back up. So that was so you sorry process. you started at your lowest calories and increased and where are you now? Eighteen fifty, okay. which I'll have to marinate next week. <laughs> <laughs> one one more than no more. One more than no more. <laughs> There's been a few of those. They're, they're how much like, how much did you lose in your fat loss phase? Um, thirteen kilos. Okay, and clothing size. Did you have to have two different? Sets of clothing, one for towards the end of your... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I went out and got... It was good in the early stages because it was still warmer weather. I had some flowy dresses and things like that that would work at different sizes. Um, But then as it got to winter and you'd switch into pants and jackets and that sort of thing, I did. I went out to Kmart or Target and just got a few staples, black pair of pants, a pair of jeans that felt comfortable um, but they were two or three sizes different. And how did it feel at the height of the calories, at the height of the surplus, when you were carrying the most amount of body fat? Mentally, how did how did that feel? How did you deal with that? It goes back to what I said before. I I didn't love the extra weight. I didn't love seeing myself in photos and that sort of thing I didn't love that I couldn't wear some of my favorite things in my wardrobe but there wasn't one part of me that thought I'm like this now forever or there wasn't one part of me that thought I wasn't going to get back to where I was there was one time where I thought oh gosh I'm gonna have to do this over two reverse diets and fat loss phases um, which was probably the only kind of disappointment I had in the I was like oh it's just going to go longer and it's going to be a longer time frame before I feel how I want to feel uh but then once I found that I sort of just you've just got to find where your deficit is and where things start happening and then just go back to following the exact process it's not necessarily 500 calories straight off and you're going to see the drops that it says in the nutrition strategy sometimes it's going to take increasing your steps by a thousand this week and seeing how that goes and maybe dropping your calories by one more hundred and then holding there for a few weeks and just playing around with it a little bit more but yeah at the top I didn't love it wasn't the best I've felt but I wasn't worried how is your strength 
It was good. Yeah. It was like I'm doing um, lying leg curls in this one and I'm thinking – I'm looking back at my history and I'm thinking, how did I leg curl that weight? Like I just – yeah. So obviously the length of time that I was in my deficit as well, I've – lost some of that muscle that I've built. I reckon if I had have stripped straight from the top of my surplus and been able to just strip the fat, there would be even more definition there. But obviously, I it's not – I don't think it's possible to go through your fat loss phase and not lose some of that muscle that you've built. So, um, yeah, strength was really good. And mentally, I took it into the training sessions too. I'm like, I'm in a surplus. Like, we're doing this for a purpose. Lift that heavy shit. <laughs> Get the most out of Get it. Get the most out of it. Like yeah. this is what we're this is what it's about. Like, yeah, you can eat calories to help you build your muscle, but you've got to use that energy in your training to make it worthwhile. So Okay. Three pieces of advice that you would give to someone about a calorie surplus. Um be coached because you will talk yourself out of it a hundred percent. Um, I feel like I have a really strong mindset and I feel like there was one point I messaged you and I was like, oh, I need some help with what to do here. And the way that these guys talk when we ask them for stuff like, you know, how's our weight this week and what will we do? And like, it felt very like collaborative. This is an us thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all putting on 10 kilos with you. Like <laughs> I'm feeling fluffy today, Erin. Yeah. How much did you eat yesterday? Yeah. What, did, what did we eat <laughs> what yesterday? Did we eat yesterday? <laughs> so um, do it, be coached. Like that sounds like a plug or whatever, but honestly it will help get you out of your mind and keep in the game because it's so easy to bail. We know if you, especially if you've done reverse diets and fat loss phase, you know how to bail and you, likely will bail and then you'll get to the bottom and you've spent time doing it that maybe was wasted so um be coached have someone there that can get you out of your head um go a bit slower than you think you want to go I was bull at a gate I was like okay cool we're only plus 200 grams this week that's stable for me let's go again (laughs) um and it probably Dependent on my cycle and where I was at and things, I might have nudged the needle a bit too quickly. Um, So you don't have to rush it to still get those results. And um, probably the same with being coached and bailing is give it time. You're not – honestly, six months was probably on the shorter end that I would have liked to have done. And as I said, the timing was more around – I at the start, I didn't expect to put on 10 kilos. I thought I'd put on weight, but I didn't expect to put on 10 kilos. So give it a, a decent amount of time. Try and plan out the year. Try and plan it in advance and see when it's actually going to suit you to deal with that uncomfortable feeling. So That, that sort of like reminds me of travelling full-time. When you travel full-time, you sort of have to follow the seasons. So you want to be on the bottom of the country during summer so that's like you take advantage of it summer down there it's still cold but then you want to be up the top in winter due to the wet season but also it's so hot up there but ultimately that's how you try and plan your year so that you lean towards christmas but you're getting ready to get more calories and you can get fluffy during winter and spend it however sometimes you might find that you, you do have to sacrifice something. So you may have to be up north in the wet season and you may need to be down south in the winter. And I feel like that's so, – so when it comes to like a longer surplus, you might have to be fat during summer. Like you might have to <laughs> go through those summer months and be like, well, look, this is for the greater good. I have to sacrifice something. So I'm going to sacrifice, you know, I'm just going to have to wear my fat pants for this. <laughs> For Christmas Day. It's actually, I like that you said that you had, you went to Kmart, you didn't go and spend, you know, a whole heap of money on buying a whole new wardrobe and get really sad about it. But instead, you probably could have fit into some things, but it would have been really uncomfortable for you to wear. And it's just a constant reminder all day. So many people 
you know, go through their reverse diet, their their fat loss phase isn't starting for a while, but they continue to wear the same clothes because they're like, I'm not going to buy another size, but it's a constant reminder every single day. And it's really hard to get out of your head when you've put on a pair of pants that are tight. You have to sit with that all day from the minute that you get dressed till the minute that you put your pajamas on at night, you're sitting with that uncomfortable feeling. So yeah. it's like getting home and taking the underwire bra off like it's just like you just feel like you're so restricted all day and then you just feel so much better as soon as you're comfortable again yeah just sitting uncomfortable with like you know as soon as you you put the pants on in the morning and they already feel uncomfortable you have lunch and you've got food volume in your stomach and then they feel even worse yeah and it's just a constant reminder in your head all day yeah you're right so just go and spend 10 bucks on a pair of pants it doesn't have to be a lot of money exactly just get a black pair a denim pair and I think a lot of people um, can't wrap their head around having to get a different size. Like, that's not my size. I won't buy that. That's going to make me feel shit. Yeah. Whereas what you just said, getting the the bigger size is going to make your entire day feel better. Cut the tag off if you need to. Cut the tag off. And it doesn't matter. No one else walks up to you and says, oh, what size pants did you just buy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) But you can get the same size from different brands and they're all different. Fit totally different. Yeah. Or, you know, one size in this brand is massive or tiny and then the same size in a different brand fits perfectly. Totally. So people just kind of freak out about whatever that tag says Mm. as being like the worst thing ever. I had one pair of pants that I kept wearing and they were obviously – growing with me like they had some stretch in them they're the black like shiny work pant material and I was like oh they're still fitting they they say 10 on the tag and then I went to put them on for work the other day I had the pair that I've gone back into in the wash and I went to put them back on and they were gaping everywhere they would not have stayed up but I wore size 10 when I was 10 kilos heavier but they just grew with me (laughs) They're they're essentially a big the clasp like a, yeah. the hook and clasp things were probably thinking oh, please oh stop gosh. doing this to us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't put us on again <laughs> so but, funny yeah so size yeah cut the tag off <laughs> and that is like you guys are both so right like it is so hard for some chicks to most chicks will not have to do that realistically during a reverse diet the goal is to not gain body fat um, so you should not need most people will not need to. Um, however, if your pants were already tight to start with and you've already been trying to squeeze into them or there's been a change of season, you haven't worn them for six months or nine months or something, they might be a bit tight. But definitely being able to get over that mental si- that mental part of what the size says on the tag, I feel like it'd be so, you get so much more value. Like if you have to choose one thing or the other, you're going to give up. If you're putting on tight pants that don't fit and you feel uncomfortable and you feel fluffy and you feel like, oh, my God, and that's how you're starting your day, day in, day out, guess what, sister? You're going to give up. You're going to restrict. You're going to binge. You're going to be back to exactly where you are in those same pants, feeling just as tight and just as shit in 12 months. The alternate option is to get that little bit looser fit for the short term, actually hit your goal do it feeling happy or at least content during the process and then have a burning ceremony for those clothes. Like, you know, have a uh, – yeah. yeah. And if your pants are getting tight because your glutes are growing, I'm jealous of you anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, yes, we all are. <laughs> um, all right, Lance, let's hear it, bro. Um, so I started my last surplus last January – um, but then, obviously, we had the spanner with the impromptu barley trip. <laughs> so, I only did it for probably three months, maybe. Um, and then, obviously, I did not want to go to Bali feeling fluffy. <laughs> Air quote. <laughs> Air quote, fluffy. Um, so, then we did a mini cut, which was really good because I did actually push my calories to 3,000. And I did it reasonably stable on the scales. I think I was only up maybe two kilos or something like that. So that process for me actually worked really well at the time. I love that you say that reasonably stable is two kilos because for some ladies, two kilos is unfathomable. Yeah, like the worst thing ever. Yeah, Yeah. so that's... And people, just side note, but people often think that 
to maintain, they need to be the exact same weight. And if you're eating 1,400 calories or you're eating 2,000 calories, there's a hell of a lot more difference in food volume. So it's just not always going to be that the scale stays that exact same number forever. So true. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, like if you gain two kilos of muscle over that three months, that's going to show up on the scale, right? Yep. And that's the other thing, like muscle's not free on the scale and that, you know, we're all trying to grow it. So what do you actually expect? Mm. Yeah. You do have to overcome that mental part, don't you? Like, yep. what do I want? I want a perkier ass. All right, what does that mean? That means more glute muscle. All right, what does more muscle mean? That means a higher scale number. Oh, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. <laughs> Never Hold mind on. about the glutes. Hold on. Never mind. Yeah. And I think most people, reality versus expectation is very different. And for most people, the body that they want Weighs more than the number that they like. Say it again, bro. <laughs> Say it a fucking again. For the people in the back. Yeah. So if you didn't hear that, the number you like and the body you want is often very different. Yes. And yeah, that's, people just get you know fixated on this number is where I want to be for whatever reason, and I'm going to be happy at that number. And most of the time, it's just wrong. And it's yeah. a sh- it's a shitty way to um, spend your life. Yeah, like chasing a number that may just not be possible for the physique that you actually want. Yeah, is yeah. just pointless. Yeah, Ash is a good example of that. You weigh roughly ten kilos more than yeah. than what you used to have as your ideal number. Yeah, I'm a little bit over ten kilos more. Yeah, yeah, and oftentimes there's not even a a very good reason for that number. It's like, oh, that's just what I was in high at the end of high school yeah. when I finished high school or that's yeah. what I was when I finished uni or before I had kids or when I went to holidays once and I liked how I fit into something, that was the number. Or that's what this person weighs and I want to look like them. So mm. that's... Which I, I like. There seems to be a lot less of the number being shared on social media yeah, like I would days. never walk up to someone and be like, how much do you weigh? Yeah. Well, you fucking asked me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> The skydiving people the ask. Sky people, yeah. They did ask, actually. Yeah. But, you know, I'm okay with them asking because we don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you need to know and how much I And that's the only time – well, not the only time I tell a lie, but that's when you're going to be super-duper honest, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, Does yeah. this but affect the parachute or not? Yeah. <laughs> no one cares what anyone weighs. It's not a question. It's not a, oh, my God, you're better or worse for whatever number you weigh. It's yeah. just girls get it in their head that – that's the magic number and they need to weigh that. Whereas I'd prefer to have the body that I want with whatever the number equates to um, than be focused on a specific number. I totally agree. All right, so you did your three-month surplus. Yep, so then um, I was on 3,000 calories. I wanted to do a five-week mini-cut before barley. I dropped from 3,000 straight down to 2,000. Um, and then I think it was the following week we dropped to 1,800, maybe 1,700, whatever it was. I ended up going down to 1,500. So in five weeks I lost about four kilos, um, just under, but I also dropped 1,500 calories and my steps went up to 20,000 a day. Wow. So when girls talk about doing a mini cut and they're on – you know, 2,000 calories, like just don't do it because it, it was very difficult in the sense that I had – I dropped 1,000 calories straight away so I was hungry. Um, but also you have to push that envelope to increase the steps, keep dropping quicker than normal to get the result that I wanted, which I did. I got the exact result I wanted. I wasn't chasing a scale number. I just wanted to be leaner. Um, so that was really good in that sense, but it was very challenging in the mental aspect that, yeah, your steps, your training, your food, your low calories. So after that, my maintenance was 2,300, which again was epic. So I I went to Bali on that. I did not track. I started to, um, and then just ate mindfully but I didn't track properly um and then 
I've just been kind of maintaining throughout the rest of last year. I did another mini cut, um, which was not successful. Roughly September, I think. It was successful slightly, but nowhere near the barley mini cut because I just didn't have the calories, which is why I also tell people don't do it if you don't have that availability. Plus, my steps were still super high. Um, so, and I did not push them up to 20,000 again. That's um, a lot. 20,000 steps is a lot. It was, it was a lot. Like, I do a lot of steps naturally. So, for me to get to that number, it meant extra time at the gym in the morning, going back to the gym in the afternoon to do another hour on the treadmill, going for walks at night time, just, you know, laps of the house, all that kind of thing. And then, obviously, you've got to reduce your steps back down. So that it took a long time for me to reduce my steps back and I never want to have to push them that high again. Um, and I never want to eat 1,500 calories again either. Yeah, that's so shit. It's so shit. Nutrition is important to me in a diet or when I'm in a diet and I can get a lot of food in with like loading up on vegetables and salads and stuff. And I do feel really good when I'm eating so many whole foods and but to live there with no freedom, like you can't just, you know, go for a dinner or have drinks. You can but not with those kind of calories. So I'm just not about that anymore. I don't want to do it again. So now I'm back into a surplus. Tell us about this surplus. Where did you start at? Where are we at? How long is it going to go for? What do you want to get out of it? Um, I'm only at week three. I'm on 2,500. I was on 2,250. So I've just bumped up to 2,500. This is week three of 2,500. So far, the scale has, I don't know, this week, obviously I haven't weighed any myself apart from Monday and Tuesday, but the scale has been the same. So I'm going to obviously next week stay on 2,500 again see how it goes. I probably do another week there. Um, I'm going to do the same process in 250 at a time, but I'm going to take it slow if I need to. And my goal is to get to 3,200, which will be the most I've ever had. What's the highest you've been before? 3,000. 3,000. Yeah. Okay. And how long have you set aside for this surplus? I want to do it now so that going into winter, hopefully, I'll be towards the top of the calories that I want to be at so that I can sit there over winter and then go and do a proper fat loss phase post-winter coming back into the warmer months. The caravan season. (laughs) Yeah. You follow the caravan (laughs) season. That's, you know, I'm not setting anything in stone and I'll just reassess as I go. Um, glutes has obviously been something that I've been working on for a long time now and to get glutes you need food so that's what I'm going to do I'm excited I can't wait to see the other end like and you learn everything you learn something from every experience you've had like you've had two different experiences last year this is going to be a completely different experience and from those experiences last year you're going to take the knowledge that you've learned into this new one yeah and you know more now what not to do what to do what you like what you don't like yeah and I I think you're in the perfect position now and something else that I've really noticed is you know we all know that sleep and mood and stuff is shit when you're on low calories but the positives to all of those things on high calories is so much um, it's, it's undervalued the, or? yeah like my I, you know everyone knows I don't sleep a lot but my sleep even just going to 2500 has been the best it's been in months my I wake up I'm not tired like because you know four or five hours a night is not a lot so when I'm on low calories, I can't sleep, I get anxiety, you know, I have to do all my sleeping stuff. Um, so yeah, just just the, even the sleep for me is a major thing. So I never want to drop my calories low, that low again, that all of that kind of stuff happens again. And then I have to go through that process of 
being able to sleep again. So that that to me is a huge win. Priorities change so much, don't they? Like at the start, I just don't care. I just want to be skinny or lean or lose fat or whatever. Like that's just the number one thing. And, oh, but what if you sleep? Fuck sleep. Oh, what about – I don't care about that. What? If, I don't care. I just have to be this size or this number or whatever. I think it is going to be so valuable – for chicks to hear you guys on the other end because there's very few times they'll get to hear that message and it might not be something that many people currently need in their life but I feel like it'll be so powerful to see that, oh, my God, imagine being in a a space where I'm happy with my physique relatively and sleep is important nutrition is important i hate low calories so i refuse to do that again like the how the priorities shift you can get to a space where you either maybe more like ash and i just maintain more or less where we might be like that next step after but in that space where you've firstly got the balls to do a surplus that's (laughs) that's huge so many people the biggest fear for so many women would be exactly what you guys just went through like going through a calorie surplus bro forget about it chicks would probably rather jump out of a plane or swim with sharks <laughs> with no cage <laughs> then purposely go oh look you're you will likely gain body fat during this process like yeah no problem sure. all good like yeah all good i'm sign me up i'll tick it i'll do it so i think especially people if you're sitting there and you're like i could never do that this podcast is for you because you never know in the future, this you could be like so content, so comfortable, so happy, whatever, with your progress that you're like, you know what, I do want to grow my glutes, and you know what, Lani's right. You do, to grow your glutes, you need food. I'm I'm no longer so like um, driven by the scale or driven by this or that that I'm happy to put aside six months, literally just to grow the muscle, and then no, I already know how to lose fat and. How good would life be? Yeah. My surplus took me back to the weight that I was when I first signed on with Ash. Wow. That's crazy. So to do that on purpose and not bail when it got close to that number, I went over, like I I went from 60s to 70s. Like that was, I think I messaged you that day or I was like, you know, this has happened and you're like, is your life different? Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually went back to the weight and possibly even a fraction higher than when I first signed on to do yeah. train with that. So. And look at the outcome from it. I know I've said it a few times. First thing I notice when you're there like this, you Swole. might throw on your <laughs> arms in the air like, airport, they actually picked us up. <laughs> it looked like you're flexing, bro. Your biceps. <laughs> your biceps, yeah. It was a noticeable difference. Yeah. So. And I think actually I – think that you didn't quite realize until this week when you have seen other people taking videos and photos of you and you're like I think I'm actually jacked yeah like Like when you're (laughs) when you're accidentally in someone else's video or someone else's photo and you're not posing or you're not doing something you're just looking at how you naturally are when you're walking or you're using your arms and things yeah and I'm like oh (laughs) it's not it's nice to actually show up in a video or a photo and be like yeah, go me. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm my own goals. Yeah. How good's that? So good. And that was on the other side of probably the scariest thing you'll ever do, which is a surplus. Most uncomfortable, but yeah, as I said, scary. Not at this point of yep. what I know. Yeah. Yep. How cool. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's the best. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right, fam. Well, we have got to check out of our Airbnb. We've got to take Lance to the airport. She's leaving us, which is going to be really sad. I know, so sad. And Erin's extended for two days. <laughs> One more then, no more. <laughs> She's like, that's actually, running. I'm not going to go home. <gasps> That'll be our tattoos. One I, more than no more. One more than no more. Yeah. No <laughs> tattoos while I'm gone, okay? No. <laughs> no. We can not get them all. today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I know it's been a while. The messages that I have received lately of like, um, what is happening with the podcast? Here it is. It's back. It's Even back. from a random person that you met one time. Yeah, actual. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us, girls. Thanks Thank for you having for having us. us. Thank you for the week. It's been amazing. Yeah, it's so good. Love you. Love you. Bye. Love, Love you. Bye. bye. <laughs>